When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Marla Gibbs, also known as Florence on the Jeffersons, Mary on 227, and you're listening to TV Confidential. No, sir, I'm not a deserter. Well, I didn't think you was. I was just trying to figure out... I'm a draft dodger. (laughs) What did he say? (laughs) He said he was a draft dodger. Ed Robertson along with Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, and our guest, Jay Moriarty. Jay spent seven years as a staff writer, producer, and later showrunner of The Jeffersons while his memoir, Honky in the House, takes you behind the scenes of The Jeffersons while also providing a capsule history of the so-called golden age of TV sitcoms as well as insight into why Norman Lear is one of the smartest shrewdest and most courageous producers television will ever know honking the house available online right now amazon.com jay moriarty is also the co-writer along with his longtime writing partner mike milligan of the draft dodger the draft dodger the famous episode of all in the family that aired on christmas night 1976 and an episode to which norman lear made a very important contribution we'll talk about that a little later on in the conversation norman lear will celebrate his 100th birthday on wednesday july 27th tony i i also love that this was happening at a time where because we had had many christmases with the bunkers uh by the time this one so we had one where archie didn't get his bonus and and uh and so before everything hit the fan, it was a pretty good Christmas for the Bunkers. It was better than some of the Christmases that they had in the past. And then until, you know, the turkey comes onto the table and everything's revealed. So it was nice to see, you know, that things were going good for Mike with a job and they have the baby and, 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 and every, you know, and, but you could still see that these are still the people that we have, you know, spent, I guess at this point, six years with, um, no, five years with. So, uh, we got to we we knew these people. We have spent Saturday nights or Sunday nights with these people for several years. So to have this experience and to have a conversation that I'm sure a lot of Americans were having that same conversation at their table. Yeah, you know, people have asked me like like when they know that I wrote a treatment. A lot of times you wish they had done it then, you know. And uh, I don't know. It seemed it seemed like a good story then, but it's interesting that it worked out. You know, in 1976 to be. Maybe even a better story because everybody was really deciding about this thing about, you know, are these kids criminals or not, you know? And it, it really uh, seemed to have an impact to the point they're even doing 40 minutes later. Norman chooses that as their first episode to do of All in the Family. I guess, you know, I think I talked to Ed about the book, the All in the Family book that's out, where Norman and Jim Colucci, you know, are. Norman, oh, there it is. <laughs> you can't see this at home, folks, but I am holding that book up to the camera, that book being All in the Family, the show that changed television, which Jim Colucci co-wrote in collaboration with Norman Lear. Jim Colucci will discuss All in the Family, the show that changed television, in two weeks on TV Confidential as we 
mark the 100th birthday of Norman Lear. Norman Lear will turn 100 on Wednesday, July 27th. Yeah, there's like almost 50 episodes. The initial idea was to do the 50 top ones, and I think they got 40-something that, that it's such a big book already. But they pick out, it's a great book because it explains not only the draft dodger, but all the the important, you know, the issue-oriented homophobia, all those kind of things that they... Yeah, the draft the draft dodger is one of the fifty episodes of All in the Family, personally selected by Norman Lear himself for this new book called All in the Family: The Show That Changed Television by Norman Lear, as told to our friend Jim Colucci. It's available wherever books are sold. The draft dodger is singled out as one of the ten episodes of All in the Family that, to quote Norman Lear shook things up. And Jay Moriarty wrote the draft dodger along with his longtime writing partner, Mike Milligan. Jay is our guest this hour. Uh, Jay's memoir of his career in television is called Honky in the House, writing and producing the Jeffersons, available wherever books are sold through Amazon. Yes, Jay, Jay is holding, Jay is holding his book up to the camera. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One more item I want to tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped, the best there is when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and includes their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which not only features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology, but is waterproof, which means, guys, that you can now say goodbye to that mess on the bathroom floor. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code CONFIDENTIAL, and you'll receive a 20% discount off your order plus free shipping worldwide. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Trimmer, which is also waterproof, their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free bonus gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. More than 4 million men worldwide have put their trust in Manscaped. And if my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Go to manscaped.com, manscaped.com, enter promo code CONFIDENTIAL for a 20% discount plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. The only character in the uh, Draft Dodger episode that was created for the episode is David Brewster. Right. And was there any uh, plan to bring back the character of David after Carter was inaugurated? Well, that's interesting, but, uh, you know, I no, not that I know of, but uh, nothing against the actor, except it wasn't really a comedy role. Maybe if he were funnier or something, I'd have worked him in, but, you know, he, he everything was pretty serious when I got to David. And uh, so the answer, is, the answer is no to that, but... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, yeah, it was, you know, the thing with All in the Family and Norman was the fact that you could, and I never realized it before, that you could combine comedy and drama, you know, you could, you could do serious subjects and get laughs at the same time. You never saw that on a, on a, any TV 
TV series before. You know, if it was a comedy, it was, a, you know, I Dream of Genie or something, and it was always goofy stuff, you know. And the boss is coming over and the roast is burned or whatever, you know. It's, uh, no, all, all in the family was just so grounded. It, it, it was grounded it was, in reality, and life is funny. I remember Isabel Sanford uh, telling me she, what she first saw on the family, was she a friend of hers, she was at home, a friend of hers says, calls her and says, turn on channel two right now. And you know, so she put her and she's watching this thing and he's, he's saying all these, and all these off color words that, you know, you hear people say, but not on television. And uh, she didn't realize, you know, it wouldn't be long before she'd actually be on the show as, as Lionel's mother, you know, but, um, that's what, you know, when I went to the Jeffersons, when Mike and I were fortunate enough to get on stay for the Jeffersons, I always tried to, like you said before, shook up. I always tried to follow Norman's thing of doing things that would, episodes that would shake up. Like, like we finally on Jeffersons did a KKK episode, and mm -hmm. and uh, we did a tribute to Norman. Mike and I, once Mike and I ran the show, we, could, we always tried to keep Norman's, the original stuff, you know, Norman's idea of getting something really serious like the KKK. And we that's something we wanted to do for a couple of years. I always figured, how can we get George Jefferson and a KKK? Something seemed good about that, but then how do you do it? You know, what do they have to ride? Take a vacation down south yeah, or something. It, it has it has anyway. to serve it has to it has to serve the story and serve the show and serve the character in order to Right, work. right. And that's and you know, funny was the thing, if you look at the viewers' letters most of them all say I laugh. I love the, you know, that's I love that they're black and white characters and stuff. But I makes me laugh. It's funny when I'm in the hospital. I watch it. I always laugh. And the show ended up going uh, eleven seasons, which was a record that time for a, for any TV series for a sitcom. It held up for a long time. And um, in fact, uh, what's his name, uh, Medea? Um, you know, Tyler Perry. Yeah, Tyler Perry. Thank you. He did one of House of Pain. They did one more episode than the Jeffersons in 253. So they could say they were the longest running black show, <laughs> so called black show on the, on TV. But uh, yeah, we, you, you, you always walk, walk that thing, and I write about it in the book about Humphrey Hasbrook keeping the, the comedy and the. It was funny because if you read it, you know, Don Nibble Ross and West, I don't know if you know enough about TV to remember Don Mickey and Bernie. They worked with Norman Lear on all these Emmy-winning shows that they did in the beginning. By the time they got they, they got created by credit on the Jeffersons, they were exec producers of the Jeffersons. They're the guys that hired Frank and I. And and they would they were like they end up creating Freeze Company. So that's like as far away from you know that French farce as you could get from what Norman was doing. We're always trying to do what Norman did, and they were always trying to push us in more of a farce direction and. But I think it worked out okay because we kind of kept, you know, there was the farce, like, like um, Marla Gibbs, she, she'll say that her favorite episode was the one where she gets to pretend that she's Helen Willis, you know, so she can play uppity. And, and uh, the actors loved the farce. The actors were so good, they could do anything. And Norman always worked with stage actors. You know, he, he got, he saw uh, Sherman Hensley and Curly and he got Carol O'Connor and, you know, Arthur and all all his people, Bonnie Franklin, were stage actors, and he was doing a play. You know, every every episode of of Norma's eight shows were done in front of a live audience, and you know, and it was a play. We were actors who could, could do that uh, 
those kind of, of shows. But yeah, it was it. Oh, I, you know, I should tell you the first Mike and I when we started. Well, this is all in the book, actually. Well, I won't give you the first set. The first time we met, met Dominic and Bernie, we made the mistake. We had a good meeting. Our agent said, "Yeah, they're going on hiatus." This was when they were doing all the family, and they're going to they'll probably get an assignment or two. Well, we said we want to. We want to work on staff. We want an assignment to. So we wrote a script ahead of time, got it to them. They didn't like it, and it was basically writing a dear John letter. We we were gone. It wasn't until two years later we ran in and we fit. We finally got hired. We did, we wrote an episode called Louise's Daughter. I don't remember that one. Girl shows up and says she's Louise's her mother. That was at a time. Got a lot of ideas in out of Time magazine. And look at Time, and you saw that. Kids who adopted were adopted and were able to trace their parents, which they couldn't have done before. But anyway, the thing story I want to tell you is so we did rewrites when at the first four scripts we wrote were like rewrites. That's what TV's all about, is like they should call it the rewriters you know, you know, staff is rewriting everything. And then they said Dominic and Bernie said come up with originals. So Mike and I I had seen in Ebony magazine that the highest suicide rate in the country is among black women. And I thought about Florence. Florence wasn't a regular character yet. She wasn't living in the house. She was just a maid. And, and, and so I pitched it to Dominic and Bernie. And, suicide. and Don was like, you know, oh, what are you talking about? Suicide and death, you know? Can't make that funny. Forget it. There's no way we could do that. It's to come up with something else. So he came up with a couple other things we pitched. And there were two of them. They, they kind of responded to it. And they said, go pitch those to Norman. So we went up to pitch to Norman, Mike and I and Norman. And we pitched the other two ideas, and Norman was kind of cool on them and said, you got anything else? And, and so I said, well, you know, I was reading the Ebony Magazine, and they were singing, Norman just loved that, you know. Just, so I was supposed to start writing about black women, and Norman, and we get the story about Florence, and Norman says, yeah, uh, the help bring sh- brings, you know, stories into the house, brings uh, problems into the house. And, and he's, Norman started off right away, so Marla, uh, Florence is cleaning everything, and Louise is going, you know, that's strange, and George Bourne is about time, and just kind of like that. So now Norman says, great, we got episodes about suicide for the Germans. We got to go down and tell Dominic and Bernie, you know, after we, they said, how'd it go? I said, well, and then we told Don, you know, Don was like the, the alpha dog of the three, and they, every one of them just scared, like, you know, they, that's the last thing they wanted to hear from these new guys. We were under a sickly doctor, we didn't know. We were going to be out of there soon or what? And uh, Don said just, you know, three words, uh, go write it, which was more of a, a, a dare than a directive, you know. Uh-huh. And we went to write this suicide thing. We didn't, they didn't, for two weeks, nobody came near our office, even Bernie, who was always stopping in and throwing a joke. But um, it's the, the upshot of that whole story is we wrote the script, and uh, two weeks, we turned it in, didn't hear from him one day one, didn't hear from him second day. Third day, Mike started cleaning out his desk and said, we should start writing our suicide notes. And um, I, said, I went down, Don was in his office. I said, you get a chance to read our script? He said, yeah. He said, what do you think? He said, not bad. So that's about the best thing we'd heard Don say, a script out of script. So I could run him back to Mike. He said, not bad. He said, high five we ended up shooting it. It was a very touching show. Marla Gibbs wrote us a nice little thank you note, a Kwanzaa note, and it was the first one she actually starred, you know, played the major role in. And, um, you know, anyway, it got done. But that's that was kind of the push. We were always trying to get a little more serious like Bloom. I always kind of wanted, I was so influenced by All in the Family 
You know, I remember, I won't go into the stories about on the family that affected me. You guys probably hear yours, but the, of all the shows I saw on the family, and maybe Tony and Donna have their, the one where Archie and me had her trapped in, in the, oh, of the God. and when they start talking, you know, they're drinking some, some brew there and they're drinking a little, and they talk about everything from the first time they met to Archie's childhood, and you find out that he was abused. Mm-hmm. by his father as a child. And in fact, his father called him Meathead when he was a kid. I mean, it was really digging in. You wouldn't see, you know, Father Knows Best or Ozzy Hair or anything doing something like Archie and Meathead were talking about. Yeah. And um, we would try to go those directions, but uh, we always had to keep it funny at the same time. That was- Why do you think you will always pull back toward, I think, your word, farce? As opposed oh, to being oh, the... Oh. Rounded. Why? 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 We, Mike, and I pulled pulled one way, and Lars played the other way. And the and you were why? Why we were different was we we grew up Mike and I in the '60s, so we're coming from the '60s where we want to do relevant comedy. You know, we want to change minds, we want to change thinking in the country. So and why could why do you think you could not go with that direction? Because of Dominic and Bertie, who were older than us, whole different generation. Don was from the UK. Don, Don was a brilliant writer and a really wonderful guy. He was more into, you know, like Norman's, one of the Norm, Norman's probably his favorite uh, play was Major Barber, George S. Kaufman and stuff. Don was, they got into force for some reason, you know, it's considered in, in the UK pretty funny stuff. But we, Mike and I were always pulling toward like when we, we did an episode called The First Store, which is when the seventh season, when my, you know, NRW were off doing three companies. Yeah, they they basically, we owe them everything. They left the show to us, you know. So um, we wanted to do, we were talking about, Mike and I were talking about George Jefferson, you know, as a black man, you know, how did he ever, where did he get the money to, to how to chain the seven cleaning stores? And so we said The First Store. Well, what was that first store all about? What was that would have been what? You know, this was in 78, so we thought 10 years ago, okay, so 68, what were the Jeffersons doing in 68? What were, and it hit me that that's the year Barton got shot. And I thought, geez, what, what if it was the same day, you know, he's trying to get a loan for, for his first store, and that's the day Barton with the King got shot? And that's the episode we, we did called The First Store. I just saw a thing online where they ranked the Jeffersons, like, from the top 50 of the 253 episodes, and and had the first store ranked number one. But that's a show that a lot of young people tell me they learned about Martin Luther King from watching that episode wow. of Jefferson. And that's the power of, of television, you know. And and it's really, you know, Michael, uh, Mike Evans, who played Lionel, so we go back to 68 and we say, you know, write the character. You're in college now, you know, you're, you come back from a demonstration, uh, demonstrating against police brutality. And, and when Martin Luther King gets shot, I don't know that you watch the episode. You can, but, but Mike Evans, after we read the script at the table, um, Mike comes down to our office and he doesn't want to play the character. He says, I got no problem with the script, but maybe you can get it younger for you. He said, my mother's white, and I think it might be disrespectful. And he didn't want to play that kind of, of kind of, uh, you know, he didn't want to, you know. We had a talk with him, you know, and uh, I write about it in the book and tell the things we said. But we just digressed. We said, you know, we're not going to hold it against you. We don't want to do it. But talk to the cast and talk to Bob, you know, the director, and 
anywhere he decided to do it. But it's it's a wonderful. Everybody in the show was wonderful. There and it was a flashback. So you had cast and makeup, and you know they're in this little apartment in the uh, they had set design in Harlem, and, and it was it's really a, a powerful episode. And it ends with them listening to Martin's speech on on the radio. You know. And, in a powerful, you know, uh, speech that he gave, uh, I have a dream, and, and the network wanted us to, at the end of the show, make write a tag where they're back at the deluxe apartment in the sky, because we started out at the deluxe apartment with them in the kitchen, hey, remember, they're looking for a thing, and oh, yeah, that was the day we first, we were helping the first story, but we're so popular, yeah, we just wanted to go out with uh, credit, just black, you know, with credits in white, and that's what we ended up doing. We, we learned from Norman how to do that, too. We just said no to the network. You know, we're not going to do that. We're just doing it quick. The backstory, the first story of the episode of The Jeffersons that Jay just talked about is one of the many, many wonderful stories that Jay Moriarty talks about in his excellent memoir, Honking in the House, Writing and Producing The Jeffersons, which is available wherever books are sold through Amazon.com. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us. We hope you'll stay with us as we continue our conversation with Jay Moriarty here on TV Confidential. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.